What would it feel to be the genius and not the spectator? The Casual Genius Podcast. Yeah, man. Yeah, nice, man. So, today on Casual Genius, we've got Samuel Otone. Am Otone. I saying that correctly? Perfect. Samuel Otone, who has started Live Your Lemon. Uh, I think the best advertisement that I can give you is, I, th- I can't remember if it was your opening night, um, or if it was like the second night, but it was at the third day, a warehouse in North Melbourne, and uh, it was the end of the night, and I was starving, and I bought one toasty grilled grilled toast i can't remember which one it was it had suzy q suzy q pumpkin and i was unreal and i went back for seconds and then i was driving home with my seconds so i had it basically in my mouth and i was halfway home and i went i'm gonna turn around and go get (laughs) really cool man unreal concept and just um yeah i saw the whole process unfolding and it was obviously some other boys as well that i know pretty well like marco and alfie and guys like that that were involved in the process of uh rebuilding that van or caravan is it a van or a caravan uh so it's a 1965 coronet vintage caravan wow man wow and it was when you bought it was it what kind of condition was it in because we i sort of saw i think it was like halfway on social media yeah yeah so we found the caravan on Gumtree. Yeah. Um, we were scoping it out for months, just waiting to find the perfect one. And it popped up last minute. We nearly bought another one that we were kind of like trying to convince ourselves that like this is the one, but we knew it wasn't. And we waited off. And then last minute, this caravan popped up on Gumtree. So we're like, oh, we'll go check it out. Uh, Bendigo, so fair drive. No way. How did yeah. you get it back? Uh, we drove it back. So with Alfie's car, we like hooked it up to his Hilux and just drove it back, man. Unreal, man. And then I think I saw through social media, I saw the the whole renovation process. Yeah. Can you take me through it? What, what, where did you have to start from? What what did you do? So we had to just rip everything out of it. So what, Um, what was in it? Okay. So it was actually a really beautifully restored caravan. So the guy we bought it off is like super passionate about restoring caravans. A funny story actually, we went to go check it out and um, he goes, oh, so what are you guys plan on doing with it? And really beautiful caravan, bit hesitant on telling him that we were turning it into a food truck. So I said, oh, we're just traveling with it, man. And he's like, oh, good. This woman came down to check it out and she wanted to turn it into a bloody food truck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh. <laughs> so, um, we fell in love with it straight away and took it home with us the week after we went and picked it up and it had like table and chairs, dining area, it had a bed, um, a little like kitchen table with a little gas cooker and a sink. So it was pretty like suited for traveling really. What was he using it for? Uh, he was using it for traveling. Okay. Yeah. With his wife. Uh, he was an old dude, uh, mid sixties and he restored caravans for a living and this was his pride and joy. Wow, man. Yeah. What, a, what an interesting hobby. Yeah, Restoring crazy. caravans for, for travel. Yeah, man. And then, so you got this caravan. It was obviously already somewhat kitted out, but the process that I saw everything painting and, yeah. you, you know, there was like, you were building bench tops and things yeah. like that. It was crazy stuff. Yeah. So we wanted to keep everything as original as possible. So like the original uh, unit, which is like an old vintage cupboards with that like orangey brown oaky wood. Um, we kept that. We kept the overhead cupboards because they're really cool. Although we had to like cut the middle out where the serving window was. Um, everything else got ripped out. So ripped the floor up, ripped the tables out, chairs out, cupboards out. Ripped, had to rip absolutely everything out, gut it, and then just stud from the bottom, man. We um, relayed the floor, restabled that. Um, we cut a little square hole out of the front of the caravan and like slotted the underbench fridge. It had like five mil on each side and fitted that in and then built the bench tops off that and just over about 10 months, just slowly, slowly 
did, did you away at it. already have the knowledge of how to build these things or were you sort of like learning as you learning as as we went like alfie's an electrician so he's good with all the electrical side of things and he's pretty handy as well um I am not in the trade industry, although I have had experience here and there working with friends and I've got a pretty, I'm pretty handy myself as well. So we kind of just started doing shit, doing shit. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right, man. And like we'd reach out to friends. So like we've got good friends that are plumbers. My cousin's a cabinet maker and it would just be, hey man, come down and check it out. We need a hand. And they're all busy running their own businesses and stuff. So they're like, oh yeah, just cut this off and do that and it's like oh, all right so, we'll call you if we need a hand but yeah man so they were they were basically advising you from afar but you were almost banking on like human generosity yeah exactly to, right man to get the project through exactly right and did you have so what was the time frame from when you bought this van to when you were planning to open and when you actually opened oh don't even go there man <laughs> i had in my head that we we're going to buy the caravan and it was going to be ready in three months and we're going to be trading in four months since the time we bought the caravan. Uh, we ended up starting trading a year after we bought the caravan. I was going to say, you, you're counting for a while. There. Yeah, it's yeah. Weird. 12 months, man. 12 months. And um, yeah, I don't have much patience at all. So it was quite a, it was a beautiful process, but it was fucking stressful as, as shit, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it was so much fun as well because it was like a community project, you know, like yeah, mates exactly. getting together on the weekends, we're chilling, having a beer, playing tunes, I saw the, working like, on the van. As you were doing the updates, it was like you had all the, the boys over and there was music playing and it looked like the most fun ever. I'm like, man, that looks like... Dude, it was, it was so sick. much fun, yeah. And it's, I think sometimes projects like that, help us develop patience you said i'm not a very patient person but sometimes when you've got this goal or this idea or this vision in mind and you're you, you're almost forced into it and you have to find ways of of developing that patience it's it's very interesting man like i'll give you an example like today i was setting up the equipment yeah stuff i'm going man can't someone just do this for me it takes like <laughs> ages to settle this up and i'm like hang on a minute I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much yeah. if I didn't undertake that process myself. And I'm yeah. sure it's probably the same for you guys. It's like you went through the whole process of identifying the van, the caravan, buying it and putting it all together. So the day that it was ready to go, you're probably like, man. Yeah, man. There was, we fucking did that. Yes, yes, bro. There's been tears, man. Lots of fucking tears around these happy tears, sad tears, stressful tears. Um. It's like Alfie and I have given birth to a caravan. That's what it's like. <laughs> Seriously, though, you know, it's like Unreal, our child. Man. And yeah, like getting, being so involved in it. And it wouldn't mean as much to us as if we paid someone to just exactly. build us a caravan and set us up a food truck. Exactly. So yeah, um, I wouldn't have it any other way, man. How, how did Live Your Lemon come about? So t tell us a little bit about Live Your Lemon and tell, tell me about how... We, how the idea came to fruition yeah okay um so live your lemon actually stemmed from a really dark period of my life man um i pretty much lived a very unauthentic life for most of my life like teenage years especially man um i'm a pretty like sensitive emotional uh tender male right and it's not really something that's supported in society and the world that we live in so I got bu bullied a lot as a child um it's called mummy's boy and weak and soft and you're a girl you're a pussy and blah 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 blah. did, did you play sport by any no chance? I didn't man okay, so. um I was kind of the guy that was uh talking to the girls about my feelings yeah, rather yeah. than getting rough on the footy field and and Gotcha. And punching on with the boys, you know, gotcha. it's just something that wasn't my thing, man. Gotcha. Uh, so stepping into high school, I, my biggest fear was just not being accepted for who I was, you know, it was daunting as fuck, man. And I remember like stepping into like my first day of year seven, little fish in the big ocean, you know, bottom of the food chain. And the only thing that I was thinking was, I don't want to repeat the last six years again, man. Like I, I'll do anything to go through that. I'll do anything to not go through that again. So 
fuck I put on a facade, man. I'm just acted like the big tough guy and acted like I didn't give a fuck when really I gave lots of fucks, you know? And I did that for years, man. All of my teenage years. Um, and then about three, four years ago, I broke, man. I had like a mental, emotional breakdown. I was riddled with anxiety and I couldn't pretend anymore, man. It was just like... Did something trigger it or was it something that was building over time or was there like a specific event that it was a specific event man i um this thought about being gay started coming into my mind and it freaked me the fuck out man um that was something that i actually got bullied about a lot when i was younger i'm not gay but this is something that like my feminine traits projected and i guess yeah. that's the stereotype that i fell into because i was sensitive and, and emotional and and all that jazz um so this thought started popping into my head a few years ago and this is when i was at like the peak of my ego trip man i was really fueled by it and i just was what what were you doing what what were some of the things that you were uh just putting other people down to make myself feel good about myself being cruel belittling people um teasing other guys that were sensitive about being sensitive because I couldn't face the fact that I was too, you know, like it just, I just wasn't really a nice person and I lived a really unauthentic life and it just, yeah, man. So you, you had this experience, you were having that thought and so then this, yeah, this thought was something that would like pop into my mind every now and then and I'd be like, oh, fuck off, go away. And it would keep happening and keep happening and keep happening until the thought became so obsessive. And I didn't know what anxiety was. I didn't know what defining myself by my thoughts was. I didn't know any of this stuff because no one had ever taught me, right? So this thought became so obsessive that it was every day. Like from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to sleep, this is all that played on my so, mind. So what was the thought? The thought was that oh my god i think i'm gay th yeah okay. yeah okay that was the thought pretty much repeating itself over and over and over and over again okay 24 hours a day i couldn't hang out with my friends because i was scared that if they found out that maybe i was gay they would just disown you again that not being accepted you know i couldn't look at my dad in the eye i couldn't i totally shut off from the world for four months and this was happening for four months every single day okay. all day man it was the scariest and roughest thing that I had ever gone through. How and old were you? I was 20. Fuck. Yeah, I was 20, man. So fresh out of teen, you would have fresh out of my teenage years. Clubbing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, getting into festivals. that scene still, trying to impress. I'm the man. I'm cool. I can party harder than you. I can do this. Just all the show, man. All the show. Right. And that was the way that I was like shaken and it was like, Dude, you can't keep living like this, man. And that was the thought that, yeah, that was that was the the dark period. And it got to a point where, I remember I was at work one day, and this thought was just eating at me, and I I didn't know what else to do, and I just screamed at the top of my lungs. And like, there were customers in the shop, there were I was at work, people were there, my dad was there, everything, and I just screamed at the top of my lungs, and I just ran out, and I was like. I had to come out. I had to speak to someone about it. So I reached out for help. And that's when my life changed. That's when I began to love myself for who I was because I realized that living this unauthentic life and, and living a lie was not going to get me anywhere, man. And I couldn't pretend any longer. So that's when I became, began, yeah, loving myself for who I was. And I began to become so passionate about expressing yourself, your authentic self and not getting lost in a lie to impress people that don't actually give a fuck about you, you know? man. Yeah, 100%. man. So that's where the... Okay, so the idea... After that, I had a personal joke with a friend, my friend, good... One of my best friends, Mark. One night after... I know, I know Mark really well, uh, actually. Yeah, yeah. So after a massive night out, um, he said just randomly, and this was like a year before this dark period... He just said, leave your lemon, like in this really <laughs> funny voice. And Something he says, he, would do. he says funny things all the time. He's just one of those whacked out friends. You got to love him. And it was just a personal joke between us and would say it like 
every time that we'd see each other, like when we're leaving, we'd be like, hey, bro, leave your lemon, yeah? Don't forget to leave your lemon. But it never really had any meaning or just anything. Just talking shit, Just basically. talking sh- absolute shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so one day, um, and it was just after this kind of rough period where I'd kind of realized what I'd been doing for the last fucking seven years and realized that it was okay and these qualities and values that I carry are actually beautiful qualities you know they this is what defines us as a person not what we wear or what we do or what we say or who we we hang out with so I was thinking about at work and thinking what the fuck was he talking about like why did he say live your lemon and then I thought about the saying when life gives you lemons and then I thought okay like life is a lemon and it's up to us what we do with it you know you can bite into it and be like oh this is sour as fuck or you can cut a little slice out, put it in your beer on a nice summer's day and chill the fuck, chill out. The fuck out, man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it was a perspective thing. Like life is what you make of it and the opportunities are infinite. You know, lemons are really versatile, bro. You can do fucking heaps with a lemon, yeah? Man, I had lemon this morning yeah. on avocado toast. So someone once said to me, man, avocado, it doesn't really, it goes with a lot of things, but and this lemon fresh off the tree and I'm going and then I actually I only realized after I ate it that I was coming in to do this and I was like oh shit man how's that for a bit of like synchronicity a little <laughs> bit nice. of, I was like damn man I wasn't because I was like half asleep yeah yeah and you're right man it's and it's that ability to change a perspective yeah it's exactly. that almost glass half full or it's that ability to take something that somebody sees as trash and make it treasure yeah. And it's it's that quality that can really, really help someone who is either going through a dark period or can't see the worth in something that they're doing or is struggling with some aspect of their life. And it's that ability to reframe it and flip it around. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it, it's amazing how something so simple from Mark being goofy. Yeah almost saved your your mentality i guess really it did man it was like my bounce back from the darkest periods of my life and when i came out of this and realized what i'd been doing for so long and realized how i'd been defining myself with my thoughts and just living a total fake life i thought fucking shit dude if i was doing this how many other people were doing this you know i come across as quite a confident person and energetic and happy everyone's always telling me you always got a smile on your face what about the friends that i can see the pain in you know what's going on in their lives what's going on in their heads you know and i thought okay like now i know this and i'm sitting with this authenticity and and clarity around that period of my life like i felt like it was my duty to create a platform and share it with the world and I think it's so easy to get lost within those teenage years and I feel like all of us did in one way or another and some people don't get out of that they stay lost forever so yeah this platform is to inspire youths mainly but also the rest of society in the world to stay true man keep it real and yeah do what they love don't hide don't shy away don't try to impress other people or live life for other people because the potential of tapping into who you are who you truly are and living life in that authentic way it's fucking crazy man crazy it's it's unreal man i i I always find it so amazing obviously the title of this podcast is casual genius and i find it amazing how ideas come to people and something is obviously as deep as that but then as simple to get out of it is incredible and it's amazing that something like that has gone on to have such a massive impact already and i know you're planning to do other things with live your lemon which we'll, we'll get to in a second but when you started officially started live your lemon as a as an organization so to speak what were some of the activities that you were undertaking to help young people yeah so i um just started an instagram page um yeah mark grosso really pushed me towards it the tattoo came first like after i came out of this dark period of life um 
and and realized what I had been doing and and put a meaning towards Live Your Lemon. Um, I was so fucking excited about it and just like mind blown. The next week, me and Mark went and got <laughs> got the tattoo on our arm. So that came about three years ago, uh, and then just felt like, all right, now we've got the tattoo. Let's let's create something here. Let's create a platform. So we started an Instagram page. Didn't know what the fuck. I was doing or we were doing with it. It was just like, let's start an Instagram page and just start putting content out there, positivity, uh, inspiring people, and just also a platform to express myself as, as I am, you know? So that started and just put photos up of lemons and the blue sky and like inspirational quotes or whatever, man. There was no real vision the idea of a food truck or a, a restoring a vintage caravan to go to festivals and serve cold pressed juices and smoothies that did not exist it was totally uncertain and it was just like fuck it let's create the platform apply energy to it and and see where it takes us so the first couple of years was just literally uploading photos and putting out um our views and opinions and philosophies and really encouraging people to, number one, express yourself as, as who you are and number two, like follow your heart and, and chase what you fucking love and passion overrides everything, you know? And if you're living your life to please everyone else when they don't even give a fuck, like where, where are you going? Where, where is this going to get you? So you went from this, the Instagram page, which I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure I was following it early on because it was uh, I've had it for a while and yeah. you it was almost like you were doing random posts at yeah. the beginning and yeah. then you've gone from that to what was the next step after that what what did so you after that um, I went overseas on um, on a trip I went by myself it was my first solo trip where'd you go I went to Europe okay uh, I went for three and a half months. Um, shortly after my 21st birthday and I came home and I was feeling I kind of had like a mass awakening over the course of three and a half months literally um, just synchronized events that were happening and I that was the first time I was kind of like clearly shown the power of the universe really and how everything is aligned and everything is happening and, and the first time it actually like mindfully witnessed synchronicities happening and happening and happening and i'm like oh my god like this is this is crazy did someone bring your attention to it was was there something or someone or a book or maybe yes yes there was a book uh the power of now so uh this dark period before going on to this uh going into this trip it was like six weeks before I was leaving on a solo trip around Europe for three months and I was freaking the fuck out. Um, so Mark had given me the book, The Power of Now. I'd started like uh, stretching and meditation classes with him and he kind of was really opening me up to this whole realm of, of self-love and uh, self-exploration. So I read The Power of Now and that changed the whole game for me, man. So I read that prior to going overseas on this trip and um, that dark period was kind of like the starting point. And then over the course of the next three, four months, um, I had kind of just completely changed my perspective on life. And I'd say that when I got back from Europe, I was a completely different person, completely different. So you, you obviously, you read that book and I'm sure there's, there have been many others to come and that's that basically it was a catalyst so that dark period and that trip and that really good friend who was showing you almost showing you the ropes and then that book that was a catalyst and then when you came back what was was that when you launched live your lemon after you came back or you you put more effort into it yeah so when i got back that's when it had that's when we actually like launched it and created the platform um and when i came back i just was feeling so inspired by the adventure that I've just gone on and and so like like it's like a massive breath of fresh air you know like actually sitting with truth and feeling like you know what fuck it this is me man and this is amazing like go for it you know don't don't hold back you know express yourself fully and 
and share it with the world. If pe- people are going to laugh, people are going to judge you, people are going to fucking make jokes and talk shit behind your back. Cool, man, talk, you know, like, so once the platform was created, there was this kind of like accountability to do something with it. And I remember coming back from the trip overseas and feeling really inspired and felt like I've been receiving my whole life. You know, I was born into a beautiful family. I'd been given unconditional love from the fucking day that I was born. Dinner's cooked, clothes. If my mum could still tuck me into bed, she fucking would. <laughs> no shit, yeah? So you're, I you're felt Italian like, background. I, yeah, Italian and uh, Maltese. Makes sense. Yeah, man. So I decided that I wanted to give back and I wanted to give back to the community and make a difference. So... Uh, me and my friend Mitch, he, um, we started catching up once a week and just he had just come back from a massive trip as well and was in like a really similar place. So we started just applying energy to it and we decided that we wanted to um, share our love and um, guidance and help the people that needed it most. So we decided to start with the homeless. Um, yeah, it was winter when we got back freezing as fuck it was like two degrees nights and we're thinking all right how can we give back where can we where can we start so we thought the homeless community so that's where that chapter began in giving back to the community um yeah just put a facebook post out there man was like guys got this idea want to collect heaps of winter warmers you know scarves sleeping bags beanies whatever the fuck you got like just literally hit me up, I'll come pick it up and we're going to take it into the city and just, the plan was to just like fill trolleys and just walk around the city and just hand out stuff to, to homeless people. Um, so we did that and ended up collecting like heaps and heaps and heaps of stuff, man. Like probably a room this big, full, like like full of, of clothes, jackets, it's, a, it's amazing when somebody takes the first step, exactly. how quickly human beings, uh, how quick human beings jump on board. Yeah, man. It, it's almost like everyone's sort of waiting around for somebody to take that first step. And when someone takes that first step or someone makes that first move, they're like, yeah, I'll get on board with that. Yeah. I'll donate my clothes or I'll do that. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it takes a little bit of that, not only ingenuity, but brave, bravery. Yeah, man. It's not an everyday thing, unfortunately, to go into the CBD in the middle of winter and just bring clothes for, you know, for for free. You, you're not doing it for a job. You're not doing it, you know, for any gratification. It's, you're just doing it to be a good human being, basically. Yeah, man. And when someone takes that first step, it's amazing how quickly humans will jump on it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where something like Live Your Lemon, if you've got a... a a leader or if you've got someone who it doesn't even have to be someone it's it's a a figurehead so to speak people are very very quick to go yeah man me too yes me yes. too and i was feeling that too and yeah i had that experience too but until somebody's brave enough to say to go first or to say it first people are usually mm, yeah i'll just wait for someone else to for it. sure man yeah definitely and it's scary bro it's scary stepping onto the big stage and like hey i've got a message that i want to share with the world here's what it is you know because i guess we're conditioned to be so worried about what everyone thinks and like oh my god what if it's like once um the platform was created and i stepped onto the stage it's so inspiring how many people have have reached out and wanted to get wanted to get involved so not only with with the homeless, but with sharing the message and and people that are like passionate about what we align with, and they're like, hey, I love what you're doing. How can I get involved? How can I be there? How can I? What can I do? And it's like, dude, come down. You know, we take the lemonade stand, which came first, by the way. So before the caravan, we had a lemonade Seen stand. That, that yeah. is bloody awesome. Yeah. So that's the community platform. That's that's where we give back from. Um, we also. So, like, so what do you do with the lemonade stand? Uh, we take the lemonade stand into the city and cold press juice for the homeless community uh, on weekends where we're free and we don't have gigs with the caravan. Um, and also like 
all sorts of community stuff, like giving back. Even friends, when they have house parties, we're like, done. We'll bring the lemonade stand. I think that you know? was my first experience of the lemonade stand. It was a selfless yes. event. Yes. At, um, was it ga- Gasometer? The yeah. Yes, yes. And I remember, yeah, you guys, it was Marco, and I think there was a few girls and um, working behind, and you were just chopping up fruit and just handing out free juice to yeah. the crowd. I was like, man, that's fucking cool. Yeah, we... um. So that was donation based and all the funds raised went towards Movember. So um, men with mental health issues and raising awareness on mental health uh, within men. Uh, we raised a few hundred dollars that night, man. It was, it was really Amazing, cool. man. And, and it was fun. It was beautiful too. I remember Mark handing me a juice and I was like, dude, that was so nice. Yeah, that man. was actually so nice. And I was like, I remember asking like, when are you guys opening? When are you guys opening? And I think it's little things like that that you know, the community gets to see you and when they, when you go to an event, they, they recognize you and they go, yeah, man, I'll go and buy a toasty off those guys or I'll go and buy a juice off those guys. They helped me out last time. Yeah. Or they were doing that to help out other people last time. So you almost, it's almost that, um, that goodwill. It's like a circle paying it forward. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to ask you was the, the experience working with the homeless or was there something that sparked that or was that just an idea that came out of the blue and and how was that experience because i know you slept in the cbd is that right you did yeah so we had this idea of going into the city and just like i said bringing trolleys of um clothes and handing them out to whoever we saw but um prior to the date that we announced that we were going to do this uh, we reached out to a woman called deb uh, she's such a beautiful woman. She has started a non-for-profit organization called From Us to You Melbourne. Okay. So pretty much what she did, she started about four years ago. She started going into the city under Flinders Street Bridge um, where a lot of the homeless community okay. sleep and, and hang out and, and gather. And she started cooking meals. I think the first time she went, she cooked like five meals. Um, and she's committed to going every second Sunday and every Monday and every Wednesday night. She's there. Wow. Out of her own goodwill, this is something that she just decided that she wanted, she wanted to start doing. And this was four years ago. So we reached out to her a few years ago when she was about a year in and had, yeah, just filled her in on what we were doing and asked her if it was okay for us to come to one of her days and while she's cooking and providing lunch we can set up uh, a little stall and um, yeah hand out clothes and all the stuff that we collected we also put together like um, health packages so like uh, banana apples some nuts um, we put like soap toothbrush toothpaste and just put together all little packages to hand out and and yeah there was actually a few of us that, that got involved you know I shared it with a few friends and we all came down and we didn't really know what to expect to be honest it wasn't really supported on the day it was very like uh awkward and our presence wasn't really appreciated as much as we thought it would be um which i'll get into in a minute and but nonetheless it felt amazing being able to provide essentials for winter really to people that needed it the most right so at the end of the day we were all on such a fucking high man like nothing we'd ever felt before it was like ecstasy like just being able to to give something back and even though we weren't like that warmly welcomed we felt that what we were doing was really appreciated what what made you feel like you weren't warmly welcomed what because sometimes you for the first time, when people do something like that for the first time, they think, oh man, I'm going to get all this adulation, respect and... Yeah, no, it doesn't work like that, man. And like what we've found over the years now being involved with the homeless community is respect isn't something that's just given to you because you're doing something nice. Respect is something that's that's been earned. And now we're family, yeah? It's been two, three years now and it's first name basis we hug each other when we get there if we haven't seen each other for a month or so we're, we're catching up people open up to us all the time and this took a long time to to build that connection because i think the main thing that the homeless community share is they've either been abandoned or or left or 
shut down or demonized or betrayed and i'm sure they've all had, of them i'm sure they've had people come in to help them yes once off exactly and, and that's the thing like never a lot of people do this sort of stuff and come down help out take a few photos put it on facebook look at me amazing and blah 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 and for them it's like another person coming into their life giving them false hope on something and then fucking leaving them <laughs> in yeah. the dirt you know and for some likes exactly for some for some publicity for themselves it's a selfish thing not a selfless thing and and they're not stupid they know this because they watch different groups of people come and go and come and go so we kind of gathered that that was the general vibe and we just committed to keep going we're going every second sunday um and it took months man it took like i'd say like six months until we started getting genuinely acknowledged um and we kept going and kept going and kept going and kept establishing the relationships kept opening up like even the ones that wouldn't open up and would like give us greasies and stuff i'd go up to them and be like hey man is there anything i can bring for you next week is there anything that you need that would better your life you know like whatever it be and they'd have like a stern look and be like yeah a candle because i can't read at night and i'd be like cool man i'll bring you a candle and then i'd bring a candle next week and i'd get like a little smirk you know not much still like a smirk and then we actually got initiated into the community man one day a few of the elders in the like in in the community because it's a really tight-knit group uh deb has a beautiful community of i'd say 60 to 100 people now wow. um they're very firm on on uh the energy within the community if people are fucked up on drugs and causing a scene and being violent like deb's a hard-ass man seriously she's the mother of the of the community and she puts her fucking foot down bro if anyone's out of line they know about it that's that's amazing to hear that because the general perception of the homeless is uh like yuck or drug fucked or yeah man you know, or they're ill or whatever it is and it's it's 150 percent not the case and it's so interesting to hear that there's like a there's a community with elders and people you know steering yeah, this community and Hierarchy. making sure they're, uh, it's unreal. It's uh, tell me more about. I want to hear more about that. So how so you've got this lady Deb who comes in and cooks and looks helps to look after them. She's mum. Everyone calls her mum. Okay. She's mum to at least a hundred people. And then you've got these you've got these elders who have I'm assuming. Are they elders because of their age or because they've been homeless the longest or? Uh, I think that's more so like their role in the community. You know, when people are in trouble or things go wrong or someone's done wrong by someone, these these guys are the people that, that you go to. So that's just, I think uh, that's been put in place so that there's a certain element of like structure and things don't get messy. And it's kind of like when someone needs to put their foot down and say, you know what? No, that's not on. You're in the wrong. And we can't be, we can't be having that within the community. They have like guides there to, to make sure that everything stays in place and that everyone's looking after each other. That's really interesting, man. Is it so, uh, are there multiple different age groups within this community? Do they all live and move together or do they sort of disperse and, you know, do they sleep in various different places and then come together on these days? How, how does it work? So the support is there on Mondays, on Wednesdays and every second Sunday. Now, there's plenty of other support groups around Melbourne, which I've become familiar with and, and, and got to know. A lot of them are just services run by churches and shit. And it's kind of like again look at us kind of thing yeah uh, this is really authentic and it's family they're our street family and we acknowledge each other as family and it's it's wonderful man so um yeah what was your question again it, it was like so are there multiple different age groups oh, yes, in this sorry, community sorry. like yeah really young people Ma- and- yes yeah massively there's kids there's teenagers wow. and kids as young as like seven years old eight years old wow man. not everyone's homeless like it's a rough sleeping community so uh some people do live in just really bad living circumstances um some people are homeless a lot of people squat in abandoned houses and buildings and and stuff like that so that's something that's really common and something they don't disclose of where they stay 
So it's pretty much like rough sleeping and, and homeless community. Some people are legit homeless and sleep under the bridge. That's home and that changes every night because uh, the council isn't really supportive of this either. I've heard stories of like... Spikes. Have you seen that? They've, they've, there are some buildings in the CBD that have actually put metal plates with spikes so homeless people can't sleep yeah. on ledges and things like that. Cruel as fuck, man. And there's also, um, you know, the street sweepers that drive around and, and hose down the streets. Yeah. I've heard heaps of stories about the homeless under the bridge and sweep streets coming past with the hose and just spraying them all, like soaking them in the middle of the night and just got keep going. Shit, man. Yeah, they just want them out of the city. It's bad for tourism. and. You know, I, I was in LA probably uh, just over a year ago and for such a beautiful place and Melbourne's quite similar. LA's like almost like Melbourne times 50. And for such a beautiful place, you, there's a there's a massive issue with um, obviously lack of employment leading to homelessness. And you'll be driving down the highway in LA and there'll be tents, like tent villages yeah. for with homeless people sleeping alongside the highway. And I heard some stories over there and I've heard some since that once they've spent a certain amount of time in the city, and I don't know if this takes place here, but they basically give them like a bus ticket to, like over there, they say they give them a bus ticket to Vegas and they're like, here, here's like 10 bucks and a bus ticket. Get out of here. Piss off. Yeah. Um, you're, you're that city's problem now. And they, I've heard that they just continuously get like, they just get moved around. So every city does this like, yeah, all right, we'll entertain you guys for, you know, a few weeks and then now it's time to go. Here's a ticket and off you go. Yeah. Um, and there's, there isn't a real effort to not solve the issue, but do something more to help yeah. those people. Um, but what, what I wanted to ask as well was within that community, what are some of the reasons that people are homeless? Yeah. Okay. So again, it's quick to judge and, the rest of the world that, that aren't facing these issues are, you know, quick to shout, get a fucking job or yeah. it's up to you. You know, you got to do something with your life. Yeah. And most of these people that have these opinions were born into a family that have a house <laughs> and have been given all the essentials for life and, and, well, and more. Wealthier than 95% of the people Ex on earth. Exactly right. And they're the ones that are fucking judging and, and being quick to call shit like that. He's probably a junkie. Like, yeah, he probably is he's had a fucking really tough life you know like i read a stat somewhere that 40 percent of homeless people were born into homelessness you know like or 40 percent 50 percent of homeless people had to leave their family home because it wasn't safe because domestic violence because of abusive parents because they were born into the world by drug addicts so what, what two feet do these people have to stand on? You know, like, yes, drugs is a problem within the homeless community. It's also a problem within the not homeless community. Yeah. It's also a problem yeah, fucking worldwide, man, 100%. you know? So that just is invalid. Then mental health is a massive one. Um, but family breakdown and domestic violence are the two um, main reasons for homelessness. And I'd say that more than half of people living on the streets are living on the streets because their family home was not safe enough to live in and they had to leave and they had nowhere else to go so they left and and they started living on the streets so within that community for example if someone does manage to um i don't know let, let's say pull themselves out of that environment is that actively encouraged or is it like oh man look at this guy like is it is it like a oh the same's crabs in a bucket where it's like the crab that climbs to the top and every, all the other crabs are pulling them back in. Is that the environment or is it, is it more encouraging? Is it nah, like, it's not like that at all, man. Not like that at all. Uh, it's, it's really difficult to get out of the situation because to get any government assistance, you need permanent housing. You need an address. And if you can't get that, Fuck. so temporary housing will not get you government assistance. Man, it's something that we take for granted. I'm just think, re like playing it through in my head and I'm thinking of how many times I've had to put my address in for things yeah. and going, imagine what do you do when you don't have one? 
there's nothing you can do and that's 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 the bottom line uh back to the crabs in the bucket man it's actually the complete fucking opposite and this is what the homeless community has taught me most like you expect it to be like a like a dog eat dog world yeah, out there. Yeah, every, yeah. every man for themselves exactly right but it's the most like profound thing about being involved with the homeless community and the thing that we've all taken most from this is there's this like deep 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 understanding loyalty compassion towards each other because they've all faced things that n the rest of the world haven't faced they truly understand what it feels like to be freezing fucking cold in the middle of the night with nowhere to go so they they have this bond and it's actually don't get me wrong my circle of friends are amazing i love i, I love my circle and and we love each other to death we got each other's back for, for life right but it goes so much deeper because we can't understand what what that feels like we can't share depths like that with each other we can't relate to, to that struggle on that deep level because we've never been there so these the, these people living on the streets can all relate to the deep 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 struggle that they're all going through they all know what it feels like to have nowhere to go, to not have family, to not have friends or support or money or food. They go days without food sometimes, man, because <laughs> it's hard to get money. And like services are there and, and they're available. So it's it's there. There's it's yeah, there's things there to, to assist them and to help, but how much, you know? And they it's like nothing I've seen before. I've never seen loyalty and companionship and 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 understanding like like that before. And that's what's pushed us to keep going because you know, there's people with everything and and wealth and this and fancy cars and and all the riches in the world and they're fucking unhappy. And you you see these people on the streets and they're not miserable, man, you know? Like we rock up up on a Sunday and we bring the speaker, we're pumping tunes, we're doing our thing, making juices, and like, it smiles all around. People are happy to, happy to be there. Like, I've met people on the streets that don't have to be on the streets. I've met people on the streets that used to run businesses and now don't, and now they're living on the streets because- It's they've, choice. Yeah, they've never felt anything deep inside their heart like that before, you know? Wow. Yeah, man. and wow. that's legit, man. I've got a really good friend, Shannon, on the streets, and. He chooses to be on the streets. He loves being on the streets because he said he doesn't get this feeling at home with his family. He doesn't get this loyalty and love and respect and, and companionship with his family, but he gets it here. Man, that is unreal. Yeah, that, man. That, uh, you've just opened... Uh, I had no idea that took place. Yeah. I had no idea that there were people out there who choose to live on the streets, yeah. choose to be part of that. That is... That's incredible, man. Crazy. Are, are there any people within that community or within the community that you work with who you think have more to offer, who if they really put their mind to something and they got a little bit of luck or they got a little, they made the right connection, have some sort of real genuine talent or there's something there that you've seen them do or say or some sort of some flash of intelligence. Uh, is there anyone like that in the community that you've met? Uh, definitely lots of people man and like going into it I had this idea that they didn't really have anything to offer that's why they were why they were there but it's like totally the opposite they have so much to offer although they don't have a platform to stand on you know like they don't have the basic essentials that they need to be able to go do a course and, and further educate themselves on what they're passionate about dude there's We've met rappers, freestylers that are like really, really, really good. Um, poetry is another one. Um, a guy named Dan that we've met there a few years ago and he's been a part of the community for the whole time. Gets really deep into poetry and, and he's got some really good stuff. Um, yeah, man, they're, they're just as skilled as your everyday human, man. And if not more, because they're not caught up in a rat race or stuck in a world where they're chasing something that they've got all the time in the world bro so they've got time to sit with what they love and yeah it's just they have lots to offer man they just don't have a platform to, to step on they don't have somewhere to start 
has anyone I know you uh, you practice meditation is that right has yep. anyone is anyone big on that in the community or has anyone showed the community that side of life how to um, how to not harness thoughts but how to watch their thoughts or how to improve themselves in other ways other than the traditional ways that we see in the western world um to be honest not so much man um i think meditation ties in with self-love and uh self-worth and self-love is something that really lacks within the homeless community i guess because they're so disregarded by the rest of society and they're not really acknowledged as humans they're, they're homeless you know so um, this is something that we try to um, educate and 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 share with the homeless community. Uh, although it's not something that's practiced regularly, because I guess yeah, it just comes down to that self love and that that self worth, man. That's what really knocks. So I guess it starts off with really trying to make these humans feel like humans again. You know, it's more so just having conversations and asking questions and listening like I guess that's where it starts and it's a it's a long process man there's a lot of reprogramming and unconditioning and um yeah meditation isn't really something that I've seen practiced on the streets all that much although I would really 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 love to to um be able to it facilitate or or yeah it, it wouldn't even necessarily have to be in the traditional sense you know like someone sitting down and like meditating and it, it can even be just learning how to sit and watch their thoughts yeah for example exactly just, right. just that technique um it, you know it doesn't have to necessarily be like oh, i'm gonna sit and yeah you know, back straight and all the traditional elements that you see in popular culture of meditation you know it, it can be teaching people you know i'm sure a lot of these people walk great distances or catch public transport or whatever it is definitely during those moments how to actually watch their thoughts rather yeah. than letting their thoughts take over because you mentioned self-worth yeah. and you mentioned self-love and sometimes if if you don't know how to watch those thoughts then those thoughts take over and it's a it's a self perpetuating cycle it's it's a constant cycle and it's then they need that external validation of someone coming to have a conversation with them and and listening and that's that's all part of being a respected human being as well but if if they have the tools to be able to do those things on their own then i think they they could be in a, a much better place as well not a better place as in physically, a better yeah. place as in mentally, mentally. and emotionally, for sure. Um, are there any other organizations, like you mentioned Deb's one, are there any other ones that you plan to work with alongside Live Your Lemon or are, are there any that you'd love to work with? Uh, Homie, uh, I think they're in Fitzroy. They're doing some really cool stuff, man. It's a clothing store that's been created to... Um, assist homeless people getting off the streets and and getting educated and and getting on the path of um further expanding and growing and, and evolving um they're doing some really really beautiful things we'd love to get involved with them um also would really love to get involved with youths man um We've been applying our energy towards the homeless community for the last couple of years, and it's wonderful, and we will continue to because it's 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 something beautiful that we are able to give, and it doesn't really take much. Um, but man, y your energy alone, like your energy and the energy of the Livia Lemon van, like I, I look forward to going to those warehouse parties that because you guys are parked at the third day yeah. for most of those events in North Melbourne, and just the energy of you guys and the people working in it and serving i'm like man that's cool as shit like you, you want to be around it yeah thank you bro um so it's it's something that you know if you are gonna eventually branch out and work with other organizations or work with youth i think it's you you've already started to develop that pool you've you've got that yeah um that that energy that it's almost like 
it's it sounds weird, but it's almost like, man, I can trust those guys. Yeah, well, these are the values that this this movement was built on. You know, it wasn't originally started as a business. It had no intentions to become a business. So, yeah, going back to what we were talking about before and getting totally lost in teenage years and then coming to this point of self-destruction to then rebirth into my authentic self and then feeling like it's it's our duty really to connect with i guess the thing that we all have in common and the circle that we hang around is we've all just come from this toughest period of our lives and we can all relate to what it's like to getting lost in that period and now we've got all this like fresh wisdom on those years and all this like authenticity that we're sitting with that we, we've, we've just been able to sit with after going through fucking war of, of our teenage years so i feel like it's our duty to connect with with youths and be able to inspire them and maybe make that change just a little bit earlier and, and get them onto an authentic path before it becomes self-destruction or before they demonize themselves and um i think energy doesn't lie man and when something's been built on on strong morals and strong foundations then that's what will live through it the, the whole way you know like money is not our motive here although yes we have created a business and it will generate money but that platform is only going to make what we're doing stronger and it's going to give us a stronger foundation to stand on and be able to implement change and, uh, and things on the, a bigger level you at know at the end of the day we still live in a physical world of course and it is important it's you you do need that foundation in order to reach more people yeah um, it's you know i know of a lot of people who try to pretend that we don't live in a physical world or we don't yeah. live in a world where it is money is still something that's important if you want to get a message out you can get a message out but it'll be very very limited and the idea to turn it into a business is not necessarily for personal gain it's it it's necessary yeah it is of necessary course. of in course the current world we live in so no I, I i get it man it's it's i fully understand and um the the plan to expand towards youth and focus a little bit more towards youth i i really i resonate with it man it's it's something that's really cool because especially now I work with young people on a daily basis um, in elite youth sport and it, it's not easy for them. It's becoming easier for them to discuss their mental health, but it's still a very difficult period of their lives. It's yeah. a very difficult and we, we've been through it, but for them now it's, it'll be great to have an organization that they can trust. It's almost like, I, I always think of back to when I went to schoolies after year 12 and you have the red frogs there. Yeah. And you're like, man, I can trust those guys. I get that same sort of vibe. You, you get that. Exactly right. Because like, we're not 50 something year olds getting up and presenting a boring yeah. presentation to a bunch you, of year you're eights. You're rocking a techno. Exactly. Like yeah. You know, and like, having a boogie. Yeah. So they look up to us in a sense. You know, they feel safe around us. You know what it was like when you were a teenager. You always wanted to hang out with the older kids yeah, man. or your older cousins yeah. or or just a few years older than you because they're they're the cool they're the cool kids and, and they get you and they understand and and you kind of aspire to be like them in a sense. So if we can be the right role models for youths and push them towards the right things and chasing their dreams and not getting caught up in shit that doesn't serve them and it's gonna ruin their lives, then we can make change on a fucking massive scale, man, you know? That's so true, man. All right. Before they uh come and kick us out of here yeah where can we find you where can we find live your lemon uh you can find us at 290 macaulay road north melbourne uh the third day we're operating there pretty much every weekend whenever there's events on uh we're on instagram so follow us on instagram and we are in the process of getting all of our applications in for music festivals throughout the summer uh we're passionate about operating there because it's just infinite expression man you know people go there as their authentic selves and there's this sense of community and love and expression that i haven't been able to find anywhere else we haven't been able to find anywhere else so predominantly that's where we that's where we want to be we want to be in an environment where 
self-love and expression and, and dancing and fun and movement and authenticity is is the general vibe man so uh you catch us at festivals throughout the summer um it's most likely be rocking it on the dance floor as well so it's beautiful man it's as someone who's you know i've tasted your products and seen you guys operating and it's unreal to see and this has been pretty enlightening for me as well man it's it's really Thank interesting to to hear about things that yeah i didn't even know existed and man this is this is going to be the first of many i'm telling you because you're coming in again for Definitely, sure especially man. as live your lemon starts to grow and grow and expand towards the youth um i'm, I'm going to be following obviously I'll, I'll see you guys pretty regularly so i'll make sure that i'll bring you back in for another check-in but if you're a young person or or an old person or any person make sure you uh you follow live your lemon and keep up to date with what these guys are doing because it's uh it's pretty awesome so uh thanks for coming in man bro thank you for creating a platform for us to uh further no further dude. share the message really no really appreciate it man no worries dude thanks for listening <laughs>